0: this episode is brought to you by paramount plus get in loser mean girls is now streaming on paramount plus join katie heron as she meets the plastics and tina fey's new twist on the modern classic get ready for more of the rumors backstabbing and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises rated pg 13. wear pink and head to paramountplus.com to try it free
1: hello everyone and welcome back to the cdl podcast channel in this episode today you're going to briefly be talking about some news, a lot of legal news in the Call of Duty world today involving a, a lawsuit. Um, Activision is filing some copyright claims on some other big games. Um, some talks about the COD multiplayer viewership, some positive notes. Brock and I are going to talk about our thoughts on traveling to the Minnesota Home Series, a fun time this weekend. A little bit of news around the Call of Duty League, and then we're going to talk about the matches from the previous weekend for a little bit. And then dive into predictions and get you guys on out of here. So if you guys enjoy this one, be sure to leave a like, comment, and subscribe on YouTube. Had a little uptick in the last video, and we're looking to continue pushing towards a thousand subs. So if you guys could support us on that, that would be fantastic. If you're listening on the audio platforms, drop a follow, drop a five star review. Looking forward to getting into, <clears throat> excuse me, looking forward to getting into this one, um, and excited to talk about uh, our land experience this weekend in Minnesota and to maybe roast some takes I saw on Twitter, but. Without further ado, let's just jump into
0: this one. And Brock, how you doing today? Hey, uh, doing doing very well. It's fine Monday. It's like 50, 56 degrees out, which is a uh, very good positive.
1: <laughs> yeah, warmest day since like the summer for us, basically.
0: Yeah, literally. And it's not
1: even going to be the warmest day of the week. We're going to hit like 65 later in the week.
0: Yeah, that's going to be a big W all around. I can actually walk <laughs> outside without a winter
1: hat and coat on. Mm-hmm. Um. Excited for that, but yeah, we got we got some stuff to talk about. We got some interesting things to talk about, uh, some legal stuff. Um, this is kind of my, my thing. I like talking about this kind of stuff, oddly enough, because this is like half of what I studied in college. But Activision Blizzard um, had an antitrust lawsuit, I believe, filed against them um, by the Department of Justice. And they came to a settlement, essentially in really simple terms, without having to dive too deep into legal jargon and talking all about it. It basically says that um, they can't put like a cap on player value, so they can't make like a salary cap, like you'd see in like football, for example. Like, it's basically a set number. Teams can't go over it now. In football, we obviously know they they fudge those numbers and end up um, moving them around to make them work. But essentially, like in a really, really, really simplified way, let's say they made the salary cap one million dollars for each CDL team and said you can't spend over this or you get penalized. Basically, they can't do that anymore. Um, So Mm. if they want to pay the players each $100 million contracts for one year. They technically can. Um, obviously, nobody's going to do that, but this is interesting uh, because we already know the CDL salaries are pretty inflated, and I have thought Hex had mentioned once on a podcast um, that like they didn't have a salary cap. They only had it in MW, and then since then, I don't think they've had it, but I could be wrong.
0: Oh, so, so, they, so they did have it for an MW Then
1: I know 100% they had it in MW. They had a salary cap. Um, oh, yeah. But it wasn't public knowledge, like what it was or what each player was making. But I know they did have it, and then I remember him like saying, like it had gone away. But they hadn't talked about it much, and I'm wondering if it was maybe because this lawsuit has been in the works for so long that they just had yeah. to do away with it while they were working on the settlement for it. Because you know how mm-hmm. long things in the legal world can take—years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So interesting. Um, I guess another note on it that's very odd is like they basically said that like Activision was being accused of, um. What do they call it? They they had a name for it. See if I can find it here. Yeah, the competitive balance tax, which is what the rule was called. It was basically um, the US government was saying that the video game developer has illegally implemented rules to keep esports player salaries down by penalizing teams that spent more on player salaries than the amount decided on by Activision Blizzard. So basically, they were saying, hey, you can spend, let's say, X amount, and then a team was spending more than that. Mm-hmm. you'd be penalized for it and they're basically saying nope can't do that if the league's growing exponentially can't do that which is interesting because we've already heard that players salaries are inflated so I don't really know how much this will help them because they're yeah, already yeah. pretty inflated and we know teams are losing money pretty much mm-hmm. all of them Yeah. so I don't think they're going to be just eager to just start paying people more
0: <laughs> yeah I would assume it would come down at some point it's just a odd situation that, um,
1: that that's happening but that kind of Feeds into what people were also talking about on the timeline is like this was also the Overwatch League was involved with this. Um, and from what we know, the Overwatch League, you know, not nearly as successful right now as the Call of Duty League, which is saying something because it's not like the Call of Duty League has been like a crazy success, but the Overwatch League certainly struggling more than the Call of Duty League is like we've seen yeah. CDL viewership grow this year. Overwatch League, I would think, is only declining and hasn't really grown much recently because, you know, Overwatch in general kind of been declining. Um, yeah. Definitely. Popularity. But I'm I'm like interested because apparently I don't I didn't read too much into this, but apparently there's like a rumor that a lot of the Overwatch League teams are like suing Activision Blizzard for basically like falsely claiming whatever the league is, making them pay a bunch of money, and then nothing actually coming out of it, and like no positive coming out of it, then not supporting them. So Mm -hmm. usually the Overwatch League and CDL would go hand to hand. Um just because of the nature. They're kind of the same league, the same parent company. And I guess we can only hope maybe uh this blows up in their face, CDL is disbanded, and we go back to CWL era where we get massive tournaments with challengers, open bracket feeding into the, the tournament, double elimination, huge brackets of pool play. We can we can only hope, right?
0: Oh man.
1: I wish. <laughs> I do wonder who'd run it though. Like with the prize pools and you know, like MLG technically not being around anymore. But I do know I thought I heard that like Microsoft had acquired the MLG brand when they sold. And you know, with um, Microsoft potentially buying Activision, maybe they like launch up their own version of the CDL, get some get some MLG employees back to run it. Who knows? But that's thinking yeah. way in the future Eventually. and something that may not even happen. Yeah. But some interesting things in the in the legal world that'll be good to keep an eye on. Obviously, this this step of the process is pretty much over with. But if Overwatch League teams are suing um, Activision, that could get very interesting for how things could go for the CDL if they would follow suit or something could come of it. Yep. Some more legal stuff to talk about before we get into more CDL focused stuff from the weekend. Um, Activision is apparently putting like DMCA strikes on Fortnite. I don't know if it was like on Epic or um, like creators or what, but they're basically putting down DMCA strikes for like COD maps or items being made in the new like Fortnite creative mode. So like obviously like the one that everybody's seen is like Rust. Like a lot of people made like Rust the map from MW2. Yep. Um people are playing on it like playing Domination or whatever on Rust, but like people are making Call of Duty maps on Fortnite Creative and like allowing you to play them. And a lot of them even have like similar guns to Call of Duty with like the red dots and everything. And of course Activision's hitting them with the DMCA, so you can't uh play them or they're starting to be taken down.
0: Yeah, no fun there.
1: <laughs> yeah. It is kind of like unfortunate. Like I get it. It's like, yeah, it's no fun taking them down, but I do kind of understand it, I guess. Like it is their property. Yep. And they're just like people are straight ripping it. So like I, I do technically get like where they're coming from, but it's like, can't we just have fun and leave it on Fortnite? But like I understand why they're doing it. Yeah, it does make sense, but I'm lucky. Yeah, because that mode on Fortnite is something that could change gaming forever. And of course, like I understand why studios would not want them to just straight up copy and paste stuff mm-hmm. that they've created onto a game that they're not gonna profit off of, but it's like oh such potential Man, being ripped so- away because of that. <laughs>
0: Man, I, the rest, the sound on I saw looks so good to play, but... I haven't, I haven't yeah. played it. I don't really play Fortnite.
1: <laughs> yeah, if I still played Fortnite, I would definitely be trying out, but same. I haven't played Fortnite in like consistently in years when I used to play it like all the time, like everybody did when it was a newer game, um, but mm. that's interesting. We'll see what comes of that, or maybe at some point it could be an interesting market where like you could see people... Um and creators in Fortnite like paying other games for the right to use their map in it, that would be something that could be interesting, but that would yeah. probably be a long ways down the road.
0: Yep, for sure. Uh, some
1: positive things for Call of Duty. COD multiplayer in the month of March last month had more viewership hours on Twitch than Warzone. Uh, this is the first time that this has happened in a non-launch month since Warzone released, so Obviously, it probably has happened in launch months since Warzone, where like there was no new Warzone map or anything, but the new Call of Duty came out. So there's just a ton of viewership because all the creators are playing it. But first time in a non launch month that Call of Duty multiplayer had more viewership than Warzone. I think we all know why this is. Um, and it's a good thing for the CDL and a good thing for us. It's because rank play had um, yep. viewership.
0: Definitely 100% the rank play. All the Warzone streamers don't really like Warzone right now, so they all played rank play exactly it was it was
1: a combination of ranked play came out it was very a uh, very good system obviously this is very promising because like i think anybody knows any of the warzone players who switched over and played it anybody who's played it anybody who knows anything about competitive call of duty knows this is not a great competitive game and yet we still um are having crazy viewership on multiplayer yep. because of how good the rank system is now like imagine you throw this uh into like a good game, like imagine this was on like a Black Ops 4, like one of the recent games that we've had that's very good, or even like a Cold War the system was, people can hop on and it's a really good game. On top of that, I can't imagine how high the viewership could get. Um, But yeah, you made a great point, that's exactly what I was thinking too. It's because a lot of the Warzone streamers are coming over, like especially like the squad of players like Laner, Courage, Tim the Tatman, um, Doc, like that's like a squad. Yeah, that's a squad right there that played ranked together like the whole time and like obviously tim courage um, doc especially those are like three of the mm-hmm. biggest streamers um really out there on any platform um obviously like courage and tim are streaming on youtube but you know what i mean it kind of still applies um yeah. and doc yeah. i guess all of them are streaming on youtube so that's kind of a bad example i use but still like you know what i mean like all those big streamers are, are transitioning over and playing
0: yeah yep especially ranked uh scumming he's awards on streamer yeah. i think aiden yeah.
1: still streams on twitch too right? Yeah,
0: I believe so. He's been playing a lot of Warzone. Yeah, and Scumman is well, he's number one right now. Yeah, he's a Warzone streamer. <laughs> yep. So like, ton of those
1: guys are not playing Warzone anymore because the state of the game and playing Call of Duty multiplayer, which is big to see because obviously the viewership for multiplayer in general has just been declining year over year, probably since like Black Ops Two when it hit its peak, and it's pretty much been declining since. Yeah. But good to see this. Uh, hopefully it continues, and hopefully these Great. creators keep playing ranked.
0: Man, that way. oh, I'm just right. only thing I'd add is uh, fix the cheater situations. <laughs> yeah, there are. We're starting to get into the higher
1: ranks where it's like you. Well, like that. We played a like a week ago or so. We played a, a map of um, Hydro. You know what I'm talking about. We played a map of yeah. Hydro Hardpoint. Obviously, that's the only uh, mode on Hydro. But right off the rip, our friend got killed. I didn't think anything of it. Obviously, just like a a P1 break, you know, another person dies and I spawn up like P5 and I'm going to cross and the guy pre-fires me as I'm crossing. And I was like, huh? Like, I get that like maybe he saw somebody else there and like was trying to shoot them. So I'm like, okay, we'll give it the benefit of the doubt. I watched the kill cam. I was like, that's weird. And then the guy just like goes on to just like aim you through walls, pre-fire every like cut you're hitting. And every time you chow, he's shooting before you even chow the corner. And like he ended up going like, I don't know, like 48 and two or something and yeah like it, you just run into cheaters like that and it's like yeah there's we're not even like iridescent or anything either we're like high diamond low crimson right now and like running into cheaters like crazy there where like
0: iridescent lobbies and top 250 lobbies I'm sure are even worse yeah those lobbies are just probably just chalked with so many cheaters don't want to play that probably <laughs> yeah and
1: I mean even at our rank like you can instantly tell when somebody's cheating
0: yeah but I will say it doesn't say, happen it like was...
1: crazy often, but
0: yeah, I will say it's not as bad as the cheater that we, we, we found in uh Cold War. <laughs> oh, yeah, we
1: found the, the aim lock cheater.
0: Yeah, that was yeah,
1: <laughs> only headshots. He went like 88 no or whatever. Sweat Bannon,
0: yeah, literally. Yeah, is... he's better, he's the best. That's all I can say. I guess.
1: I guess. Um, <clears throat> the one other thing I was going to mention quick before we talk about the Minnesota land, um, I saw it on actually two things i want to talk about we got more news than i thought today i did see there was like a leak i can't remember who the source was it was like some mw2 logo i'm seeing in my head but i forgot to like like it so i could save it but he talked about a rumor that he had heard and i'm pretty sure from what i was seeing in the comments it was a reliable leaker but what he had heard about cod 2024 which wouldn't be the next title but the title after it would be treyarch's title so let's be honest the one we're all waiting for uh, and he had said that it was potentially um sliding was back in the game The time to kill was like BO4s, so like a pretty long time to kill. Mm -hmm. And then the timeline of it was like it was like set in the Gulf War, I think is what they said. So like more modern, obviously, than like the World War II or Cold Wars that we've seen recently, but not like crazy modern. Um and then it had sliding, which is, you know, can add for a fun element to the game, and it had black-up 4-style health, so that sounds incredible, and it's Treyarch, so begging for that game to just be teleported into
0: our hands. Yeah. Hopefully, I kind of wish, uh, I kind hope they and next Treyarch game is uh, some specialists being added back.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'd be down for it, too. I, once again, we always, like, to say that with, like, a I can understand, you know, at the pro level why you maybe wouldn't want it because of the flukiness, but for us playing rank play and the viewer specialists are just, there's like no negative. It's way more fun to watch. It just adds something exciting. Once again, we say that understanding that like, I understand as a pro, I probably won't want it either. Cause it's just so like, having somebody pop a four piece on you with that cheese Tempest from BO4. Yeah. It's <laughs> really not like competitive, but like for us, it leads to crazy fun moments.
0: Yeah. And watching crazy moments all around.
1: Yeah. It's kind of like something we're going to talk about in a little bit with expo. Um, in like the same wavelength. Uh, one other thing I want to talk about: Did you watch the eavesdrop podcast with Ghosty? I did not. That was a great podcast that made me much more of a Ghosty fan. um Not that I wasn't like a Ghosty fan; I just didn't really know much about him. I was kind of like, "Yep, he's a player." I didn't really; it wasn't like a huge fan or like a hater of him. He was just kind of there and just observing how he played the game, but. The podcast was a pretty good eye opener into Ghosty's journey here. It was like a he had a pretty rough upbringing. Um, it sounded like he basically had two drug addict parents that like didn't take care of him. And then when he was fourteen, he started the emancipation process, which is basically where like you put yourself into foster care because your parents can't take care of you. you. Need to like pay a bunch of money for it, and like ended up leaving his childhood home to go into foster care. And he was sixteen, and then like basically got his college paid for half from academic scholarships and then half from just not having a lot of money and getting grants and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, It was kind of a crazy story and like made me gain a lot more respect for him and um, just a wild story. And he also like mentioned, I I don't know if he mentioned exactly where he's from, but he was going to college in Illinois and was kind of from the Midwest. And I always have a bias because we're from the Midwest and Wisconsin, Illinois, obviously. Right below us, I kind of always have a bias. I like the Midwest. Um, I have a bias towards it because that's where I'm from, but I always think Midwest people seem to be some of the nicest people and some good people, so I like yeah. seeing them succeed. So Dan Ghosty, shout out to him. It was kind of a cool story. If anybody hasn't listened to it, I would recommend going to listen to it. It's not a crazy long podcast, but it was a good one to get to know his background a little bit. And he's still, we did learn, though. I, I didn't know, but he is still doing school. He. That's the other reason I also liked him because he dropped down um, his, I can't remember exactly what he said. I'm forgetting a little bit, but he had a couple extra minors or he was double majoring or something and he knocked a few of them down. And he's just studying political science as a major, which also made me like him more because he had the same major as me and he had a legal studies minor, which was the minor I had as well. Uh, one of the minors I had. So we basically studied the same thing in college from East. roughly the same area. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, I didn't have a rough upbringing like him, but, uh, after made me like him more heads. because yeah, made me <laughs> like him a lot more because we had a lot of uh, a lot of similarities there.
0: Yeah, definitely. He's proven the haters wrong. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, and he played very well this weekend. We'll get into that, but mm-hmm. let's talk about the Minnesota Land. Um, obviously, we have a little bit of a unique perspective because we're one of the few thousand people or whatever it was that were there in attendance, um, and probably a lot of people listening to this weren't um because let's be honest who was if you weren't in the area who was traveling to wisconsin in march um (laughs) in a colder time unless you were like within a few hours you probably weren't heading on over here in the minnesota land i mean i can let you give your thoughts first but i had an incredible time i thought it was a very fun event rocker did a fantastic job i believe i've been to every event that rocker has thrown I, i went to the kickoff um Back in MW, the first ever CDL events, we went to the major that they hosted last year, and then we went to this. So I believe I've been to every event that Rockers hosted, and each one of them was fantastic. And they did it again; it was a fantastic event and cool to see them bring it to Wisconsin.
0: Yeah, they definitely do it right. I like uh, what was it? I like the walkout when, uh, for the first match. Yeah, the rocker players and all that. I wish they would have done that—the walkout, like like for the the other team too, but they didn't.
1: Yeah, it seemed like it was an event that was mostly catered obviously. I mean, obviously it was more catered to the Minnesota team, but like they didn't have cams, player mm-hmm. cams on there for like the visiting team. They basically only had them set up for Minnesota. They gave Minnesota the intro and just like did the standard like video that played like you'd yeah. uh see like on the stream or any other event, but uh it was a really cool venue, like an old school like 1920s theater, but it was um like modernized. It was a really cool venue. Um And it was Wisconsin, of course, so those of you that don't know much about Wisconsin, kind of the drinking capital of of the United States and they were serving beer, which earlier events I was at didn't seem like they did, but this event was serving like beer, seltzers, mixed drinks, wine, and of course in Wisconsin, everybody's getting rowdy, everybody's having drinks. So like, I'm sure on stream, I don't know how much they had like the crowd noise pumped in on stream, but like Chance was saying, there was a lot of times that inside the venue, you couldn't hear Chance casting because it was so loud.
0: Yeah, 100%. I like, would still be pretty loud on the stream.
1: Yeah, because they gave out those, like, uh, I don't even know exactly what they're called, like, bam the, sticks, like, yeah, for. like the banger sticks, like the two, like, that you blow up and you bang them together. I'm sure you could hear it on stream unless they were, like, muting it down because it was so loud, but like Chance was saying, like, he heard it was the party capital of the world and, like, he saw why people were partying, and that's, like, as weird as it sounds, it's, like, something that people in Wisconsin, like, pride themselves on. It's like drinking beer and party. And that's like yep. <laughs> um, a thing here that we pride ourselves on as weird as it sounds. But like people were getting rowdy. I'm not even kidding. Like they had very, it was like any other event. They had a very good sound system in there, but like you legitimately for the second match, especially um, the rocker LAG match, you legitimately couldn't hear chance in the crowd. Like it was so loud in there with cheering and the bang sticks going everywhere and people were having mm-hmm. beers and getting rowdy and like, man, if you could host an event in like Madison or Milwaukee at some of the cool venues we have and like historic venues we have in like June when it's going to be like, like, I know people like always think of Wisconsin as a cold place, but Wisconsin in June, I always think that too. Like, that's why I love living in this area because like Wisconsin in the summer, I think is like one of the most beautiful places to be like up North in door County. And like, it's just beautiful, like 70 to 80 degree weather. And like, it's, a really great place to be in the summer so i wish they would host like a full-on major here in like june mm-hmm. yeah it doesn't get I, too hot in yeah. june i would argue that it's uh like one of the best places to be um in like june with the beautiful weather and got a lot going on here when it's nice outside because people know you got to do yeah. a lot when it's nice out because we only get so many months of it
0: yeah 100 percent. but yeah the rocker w w for them yeah okay.
1: ticket prices were uh not crazy expensive and i don't want to talk too much about all the stuff that was going on, on twitter because i addressed it a bunch on twitter and was like talking to people had some conversations had some people dm me asking about like details of the the land but like there's obviously a lot of negativity and i think you and i both understand some of the negativity like i do get the competitive integrity thing mm-hmm. i can see like if if i was clay i think i would be just as upset as clay was i think i'd be saying this is stupid rockers getting la- matches on the yeah. land i have to play online not arguing that i would probably be in the same boat as clay i'd probably be raging about it can't even lie Yeah. but like from our perspective you got to think like for the fans perspective it's really cool and you have to take a first step at some point yeah. i would love to see this happen all the time like i'd love to see boston do a home series and then optic do one and then phase do one and then vegas do one and like and their local areas just have an event where they get to play a couple teams on land in like each qualifier but like at the same time, it's not like Rocker was just given special treatment and allowed to do this. This was set up before the season even started.
0: Pretty okay, sure before the game
1: came out, um, they paid for it on their own. And like people were saying, like, well, other teams can't afford to. Well, why are you in the CDL then? Like, it's not like they just like put this on, hosted it for free, and like just lost a bunch of money. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know if they made money or lost money, or made a million, lost a million. But they put on the event. We still had to pay for tickets. Everybody that was there, that uh, had to pay for tickets. They were selling jerseys, sweatshirts, T-shirts people were buying a ton of those i saw a bunch of people going to that little store and buying it uh, they were selling beer and wine and drinks like i said a bunch of people were buying a bunch of drinks there was some food in the venue um people were paying for vip tickets to get a bunch of extra experiences like you were buying a lot of things i don't i don't think they lost money hand over fist doing that like
0: they they sold plenty of merch food and tickets yeah i agree
1: and it was a packed house
0: yeah i think i think uh I, I was watching this, this, the flank you know, like the COO whatever came on the flank for, talked about the yeah. uh, rocker around for like 20 minutes. Didn't it say like just under a thousand over there in attendance? Yeah,
1: yeah. and you got to think about too this is a an area that to my knowledge of Codland is like never been like really here. Yeah, uh, if it was it, it had to have been a very long time ago before I was even watching Cod and like it had to be like a little local like no no like major thing. It's like basically the first one um sorry i just saw a tweet pop up behind me from joey nubsey one minute ago he said after a final review i can in fact confirm that wisconsin is a top 10 state and could easily creep into the top five after a few more visits keep it up cheeseheads with a cow emoji (laughs) and then somebody asked how many states he'd been to and he said probably like 35 and i was like let's go also reese vivid commented on it look at us um and added mock it I didn't know. I'm pretty sure Reese is from Wisconsin.
0: i I, I think I heard that f- a little bit ago. He I also tweeted
1: hashtag this is my crew. i all right i'm a I, not, I know why I have the Boston bias now. I'm a big Reese fan. All right I'm <laughs> a vivid fan. We have <laughs>
0: determined. It. I got to know where Reese is from, yeah, I have no clue or something, but I think i heard, I heard on some stream one time that he's from Wisconsin.
1: I'm going to reply to his tweet about the Brewers right now, so if anybody sees this tweet when you're listening that you knew it came out while I was recording the podcast. <laughs> um, But yeah Shout out to Rocker Event was incredible I hope to see more in Wisconsin And I hope it was a showcase of what Wisconsin uh, Can do here Hopefully we get a Milwaukee franchise um, Or a Madison franchise That'd be pretty sick but, That'd be so dope Yeah I would be going to all those events I'd hope they hold a lot of local ones From what I remember the Bucks owners Did invest in League of Legends a while back So you know maybe they do have some eSports interests there that would also require expansion.
0: Yeah. But so overall, I
1: hope to see more events like this. Yeah. We need that expansion. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I only got one more thing before we talk about some of the matches from this weekend. And that's about Expo Control. It was officially played for the first time. I have some thoughts on it. Um, I think you'll probably agree with me, but I'm interested to see. My general thoughts on it are... I played it, obviously, in Ranked Play. I don't think it's a great map. I do enjoy playing it more than Fortress, and it's not close. And the reason being is, for now, while people don't really know how to play the map as well, it's possible to win offense. It's possible to win defense. I'm not mm-hmm. just standing in my spawn stuck on either end. Like, there are spawn traps, that I can get out of them for now. And it's, in my opinion, it's a below-average map, but I enjoy playing it more than Fortress. And I'll say it is infinitely better to watch I understand that pros might not love playing it and it might not be that great to play, but I think you'll agree with me at least. We'll get your thoughts here in a sec, but it's infinitely better to watch because it's not just a team getting spawn killed and then like them deciding they just want to sit in their spawn for a full round because they have a tick advantage and don't want to feed streaks. So then the round ends up 28-28 in lives. Like it's infinitely better to watch. And for that reason, I like it and and preferring that stays in because it's much more fun to watch than Fortress. And Asilo and Hotel, are not bad maps to watch. This one isn't bad either. So now we've got three control maps that I can at least not want to turn off the TV while I'm watching. Because when fortress control would come up, I would legitimately just not want to even watch. Yeah, snooze fest. <laughs> yeah, fortress.
0: No, for me, uh, I-, I didn't mind it for now. The only thing I don't like is on, on the B point. There's like 25 doors. Yeah, and places you could hide and stuff. I just I don't like it. I don't like the B area, but. Yeah, you, you can, it's definitely a what about offense and defense, which is a W for now.
1: Yeah, and I I do think it kind of sucks to play, but I will like die on the hill that it is infinitely better um, to watch, which is important to me because I can actually watch it and not be completely bored. And if worst yep. case scenario, it just gets auto vetoed every series, the other two control maps are pretty good to watch. Yeah, So it makes the overall viewing experience a whole lot better, which is why I prefer it. Because everybody knows Fortress Control sucks. Um, The map design is just horrible. Like, it it completely favors defense, which control should favor defense at least slightly, but it still has to be winnable for offense. It's basically unwinnable. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: That's final thoughts on that. Let's dive into some matches from the weekend, Brock. I don't want to, like, dive into every match. You know how we do it. We don't just want to individually take uh, 10 minutes talking about every match and then just taking forever. But we want to talk about, point out some, uh, some important matches from the weekend, like, well, you want to just get out of the way, London, like, we don't really need to talk about them. They looked horrendous. They are clearly far and away the worst team in the league right now. They got mopped. <laughs> yeah, like, I thought the Thieves series was bad, and, like, the Optics series was almost somehow worse. I mean, against Thieves, they barely escaped a 100-point club, 250-101. to Then they got 6-0'd in search and 3-0'd in control. Um... They just got just absolutely dominated. Yuli led them in the Thieves series with a .78. And then if I look here in the series against Optic, it was pretty much just as bad. I mean, they got beat 250 to 68 on the Fortress, then 6-2 on the Search and 3-1 on the Control. And Nasty led them. uh, No, sorry. Asim led them in the series with a .86. I mean, on the side of Optic, Worst Katie in the team was Dan Ghosty with the 1.22. Yeah. She had a 1.8, Hook had almost a 1.4, Shotzi had a 1.24 like domination. Nothing to say about London.
0: They are horrible. They're speed running. Yeah. But not winning. <laughs> yeah, they are bad. So Thinking I mean, they got the DoorDash challenge. Charo yeah. Eggs.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I like that one. Okay. Um it was rough, to say the least. Just yeah. that's all I can say about it. Um that we can wrap up our talk on like Optic for the weekend there too. Like Optic just look incredible, they looked amazing. Uh, but it's a little bit of a pump the brakes. Let's not like call them the best team in the game or anything. Let's see them do it against a, a little better competition. Yeah. Um, and for the side of Thieves, we can kind of wrap up with them too. Uh, they got that win and then they have a nice, impressive win over Surge, who I am still a fan of, and we'll talk about them in a little bit. But Surge, uh, a pretty good team, a little bit of an off series from Pred and Siv in this one whenever accuracy leads their team and KD and damage, yeah. I'm going to say in general, they're probably not going to win that match. Um, yeah. <laughs> and it sounds kind of counterintuitive, but accuracy is never really going to have like much more than a 1.05. Like he had in this series, he's always going to hover from like a 0.85 to a 1.05, like that 0.2 variance there. He's always going to hover somewhere in there. And mm-hmm. I would say if he's leading them, that's probably not a great sign. Cause he's not going to be ha- having a, a 1.1 or better. Usually. That probably means Sib and pret struggle, and that was the case in this series. But good weekend from Thieves to prove they can play online and Mr. Dylan Envoy popped off in that series against Surge. He looked very good. Thieves maybe hitting form ahead of the end of the year, just like they did last year.
0: Man. No way they do it again. <laughs>
1: yeah. And it's kind of the same thing as Optic. Pump the brakes a little bit. They one of the matches they did um win was against London. So, you know, take that with a grain of salt. But Surge is a, a good team to beat. They're they're a good team.
0: Yeah. Definitely. I would say is uh, for the London and these series, uh, shout out to uh, Kenny dropping the donut for the W.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's a rare thing when it happens, but I, I believe I thought I saw something that like that means that now like Octane, Draza, and Kenny have all dropped donuts this year. It's just waiting on Dylan Envoy, but yeah. he's a little bit too good of a search player. I don't see him dropping a donut this year, but it'd be kind of cool if he did to have the whole team all have dropped a donut in the year. I, I thought I saw something that maybe they all won this year too when they dropped a the donut, but I could be completely lying there.
0: Um, mm, I don't think Octane won this, year, but he won last year. I know, dropping a donut.
1: Well, yeah, Octane had the double zero against Phase. Was that that was this year, right? The double zero against Phase.
0: Uh, I, th- I think that was Vanguard.
1: Was it? I can't remember. Yeah. Um, let's move on to the Boston. Let's talk about Boston. Vegas. Vegas pulls out a big win. Um, Donnie Temp was talking all over the place. This is the first time he's been carried in two years. Um, this was the series of Standy and teach uh, clay also had a very good series donnie didn't have a bad series by any any stretch of the imagination but this mm-hmm. was a Standy and teach series and the reason i say that is because well first of all teach won on that last hard point with a crazy piece on that p2
0: yeah i saw that um, clip like
1: three piece two piece yeah and he went 38 think? and 24 probably the best map we've seen from tj all year um in a while too yeah in a long time probably yeah probably in a, in a long time um he was piecing, looked fantastic. Standy also looked incredible this series. Clay looked great. Temp was good. It's not like he had a bad series. But the reason why I want to talk about Vegas is because it's notable that, um, first of all, they do win the search and destroy in this series, which they basically win every search they play. But Boston is one of the other very good search teams. Mm-hmm. So it's a good, impressive win. But they also win two hard points, which is not Vegas-like. And that's because of their sub-dual. Their sub-dual came to play. And mm-hmm. th- that's like the first. We can say that this entire year really ever for this team.
0: Yeah. They pack a Now another side wouldn't respond. <laughs> well yeah, and
1: the, it's because of exactly what um like exactly what we talked about. Like what was Standy gonna bring to this team? They were picking them up to hopefully bring more slaying upside. Yep. That's exactly what he did in the series. I mean, looking at That's his he stats, he, he led the the lobby in kills with ninety-four and he also led the lobby in damage. That's what Standy was brought in to do, slay. Yep. Alleviate some pressure off TJ to have to do that. Alleviate pressure off the team in general by him slaying out. Temp doesn't have to do as much of it and gap fill more and, um, hopefully everything continues to go this way because it's pretty fun when Vegas is good. Like Clay, he's doing it again. He's bringing a, a squad, you know, from the depths and. He said he's getting them to buy in. They even spent a little bit extra to get standy. Like he brought the owner to an event for the first time, kind of saw how things were going and yeah, Vegas they're... on the up. Hopefully they keep it up.
0: So we like to hear. Temp does also feel like he's a drop 30 plus a game for them to win. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I and' mean, can be hard on him. Yeah, we
1: can, we can talk about it, but it would be a colossal failure. Now if Vegas doesn't make winner's bracket, because like we mentioned, they had they played like what was it Florida and then this week they play LAG in London. Yeah. So they play like all the bottom teams and the two tougher matches they had were Boston and Toronto, and they were able to pull out a win. Now in one of those they were able to beat Boston, who is one of their matches we viewed as one of their tougher ones because it yep. was. So if they don't make winners bracket now, it'd be a colossal failure. Uh, failure because basically to guarantee winners bracket, they have to go two and one against London, LAG, and Florida. I mean, how much better of a path can you get?
0: Yeah, they can go five and for
1: oh, all I mean, yeah, they London is who they play first this week. London looks horrendous. They look like the worst team in the league. Then they play LAG, who's right down there as one of the worst teams. But man, that Joe deceives kid was disgusting this weekend uh, on land. Uh, Wisconsin Joe is a different breed. Yeah, <laughs> but so two winnable matches for Vegas. They could be three and zero, oh, and then like should be able to beat a Florida team. And then they play Toronto, who after this week went zero and two. Like shaky. You never know. So Vegas, Vegas should very easily be able to go four and one in this split. At worst, they should go three and two.
0: Yeah, get secure that winner spot and have a fight for the end of the year with Minnesota. so what it look like right now. Yeah. Um,
1: overall, though, I'd say for Boston, up and down weekend they lost that, but then they ended up taking out Toronto. Um, really good series out of BNC. had some good moments. Vivid. Also had a very good series. It was really good to see Vivid go 99 and 87 overall in the series with about 12,000 damage, most in the lobby. Most kills, um, most damage in the lobby. Very good to see out of Vivid because, like we mentioned, coming into this stage, Nero was definitely the better sub on this team. Mm -hmm. But Vivid, um, kind of the X factor. Like, Awakening is always going to be pretty consistently slaying. You know, Beans has been pretty consistent so far. Um, Nero's up to consistency hasn't been as up and down even though he didn't have the best weekend this weekend. But Vivid has kind of been down this year from what we're used to. And, you know, if he can hit this form, be consistent, they can become a very good team. Yeah, the good confidence boots for Vivid this weekend. And well, I didn't even realize it, but now where Vivid stands. I, I, I got to find this out, but I didn't know Vivid was from Wisconsin. And now that makes me like Vivid even more. Because I don't From what I know, he might be the only pro from Wisconsin.
0: Probably. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> where they're where they're all from, <laughs> yeah. Um. Oh well, yeah, that'll
1: that'll be interesting to see how Boston progresses because they looked very good this weekend in this match. Obviously, um, they lost to to Vegas, but yeah, it's it's not an embarrassment to lose to Vegas anymore because they're not a bad team. Yeah. Um,
0: they're not the old Vegas. The no. new
1: Vegas. <laughs> let's, let's since we just talked about it, let's talk Toronto. They lost two game fives this weekend. Um, to two pretty good teams. To be fair to them, we kind of talked about how they were owing to, but to be fair to them, they did lose to Boston and Seattle. Not like they lost to some garbage teams. Those are two good teams. Yeah. Um, interestingly enough, though, like they lost two searches to Seattle, which can be a little concerning because obviously we have an Seattle to be much of a search team this year. And as we mentioned, it this is uh, what you'd more expect to see in a series. Pred with a one point one seven accuracy, though. How about accuracy this weekend? 1.11 in the series against Toronto. Um, also led his team, or excuse me, I was looking at Pred stats for a second. Um, did not lead his team in damage, that was Pred, but had a good amount of damage, almost 10k, which was pretty much in line with the rest of his team, but accuracy.
0: Good um, weekend for him. <laughs>
1: yeah, they take out Toronto, but let's talk Toronto. Um, Insight had a very good series against Seattle, but it was it was a struggle for Scrappy. He especially struggled. Um, which map was that? Was that in the First hard point that I'm thinking of. Yeah, he had he went 19 and 32. Yeah. He just mm-hmm. wasn't looking like himself. He did have a lot of damage, just wasn't converting kills, which, like you always say, it is more important to look at the damage. Like he was on par with the rest of his team and did have a pretty good amount. He just probably happened to be the guy that was making everyone one shot instead of finishing the kills. Yeah. Um, but yeah, struggle weekend for Toronto. Honestly, I'm gonna take it with a grain of salt because they lost two map fives to two good teams. Yeah. Um Not so, like I'm not too worried about them. And what was the map five? It was a six, four uh, map five loss against Boston. And then a six, three in map five against Seattle. I will say the one thing that's concerning is they lost all four searches this weekend. Mm-hmm. And we did know them to kind of dominate response. So I'm a little shaky. I'm a little bit worried about the search and destroy. That's all I'll say. Cause we know how teams can go on bad streaks in that game mode.
0: Yeah. I think you got to figure something out. Unless it was just a fluke
1: weekend. Yeah, which it definitely could have been, because I still believe they're a good team. Yep. Um, Let's talk about, like... The Rocker? Yeah, I was going to say, let's talk about, like, two more teams here. The ones I wanted to mention was, like, the FaZe versus New York match, um, and then Rocker. So let's quick talk about FaZe, New York. New York wins a Game 5, Round 11. To be honest, I think it was just two talented teams squaring up, and, you know, FaZe is bound to lose at some time, but it's a really good get-back-on-track game for New York. Yeah. Um. Their only match of the weekend, but good to see them do that. And then FaZe takes out Florida 3-2, which a little concerning because FaZe usually should beat Florida, I would hope, in less than five maps, but at least they're able to get the win. So yeah. FaZe, <laughs> a little bit shaky weekend, but once again, I need to the see phase. so much out of FaZe to be questioning them. Um, but a yeah, good weekend for New York. If you ever beat FaZe, it's a good weekend for you.
0: Yeah. Both maps too as well, I'm looking at. It. I don't think I watched this one. Yeah, it, uh, was, it was a good New series. Faze. Damn. What, what yeah, I? preset at one point two eight. Damn. Yeah, it was
1: a good series. Kismet was also popping off. It wasn't the best Hydra oh, he... series. Um, and that game five round eleven. Uh, if I remember right, it was basically just like a quick round. Though it wasn't um anything special. I think it left Slasher like in a one v four or something.
0: Oh yeah,
1: it wasn't a great round eleven by any means. But yeah, impressive win for New York to be able to pull it out against Phase. Um, then the last team I really want to talk about Minnesota. Two matches on land. They looked fantastic. That boy Fame looked very good, except for when he went blind on a silly search. He's locked in. <laughs> yeah, that was one of the funniest moments in in the venue. But he's like, "What he he dropped a one point five against Florida." Afro was on point. Bance struggled a little bit, but I mean, the team was dominating, so you can't ask for too much more. And everybody else was
0: shooting. Yeah, I believe I believe Fame's one point five is the second most for a CDO debut. Was first Standy or no? I, th- I think I, th- I think Standy was first. Was he? I don't Did
1: he really know. have better than one point five?
0: I I think it was Standy. Yeah, I don't remember what it was. I think it was like one point... I think it was close though. One point five eight maybe. Yeah.
1: yeah, maybe something like that. That sounds about right. Um, but yeah, Fame had an incredible uh, incredible weekend, except for when he went blind, like I mentioned. Um, and. Oh
0: or you're going to at
1: a 1.52 and fame okay. at a 1.5 okay so just barely better stand the edge uh mm-hmm. edges them out there but yeah excellent weekend from fame overall minnesota looked improved once again pump the brakes on this one as well because while minnesota did look very improved it was land home crowd against lag in florida it's yep. so not the best competition but hey you can't really fault them for beating their competition although we will be putting the, the caution tape up on this one and being hesitant with just overreacting and saying Minnesota's back. Um, one more guy we got to talk about before we do predictions, Joe Deceives. That boy Joe was moving. He was everything. 38 and 15 in that map one. Dropped 12 in the search. Um, Jesus. For the L, by the way. And then in the Check. control had 39. And then he only had 13. Okay, so think about this. He had 13 in the map for hard point. They only played four maps. He had 102 kills
0: no yeah yeah whatever he was doing
1: yeah you even imagine he had like his average map like which would probably be like 10 more kills he had 112 kills in four four maps
0: jeez that's Uh, absurd i wonder what the most is for like a four map
1: it's i mean it depends on the game because like in other games like if it's like a a Black Ops 4 or like a Vanguard if you played a bow cage like you just get so many more engagements on that map so it's kind of like mm-hmm. it's kind of tough to compare it game by game you kind of almost have to compare it because like in like AW people were dropping 60s like no problem and Black Ops 3 people were dropping 40s and 50s no problem yeah So like it's kind of hard to do that but like you know what's absurd is it's like it's like he had 102 kills in 4 games so like he had roughly like 25 25 and a half kills per game and that's with a search and destroy in there and a, a hard point where he dropped 13. That's absurd. Yeah.
0: And they definitely should have won that control. They kind of choked that at the end. Yeah, when um,
1: they got blessed when... I forget what two players were left, but they lined up for assault. Yeah. On the B point there on Asilo. But yeah, you're not wrong. They they should have won that control. Yep. Um, If you're a Joe after that series, you're just looking around like, what do I got to do?
0: He literally, he's, he's Lebron on the 2018
1: Cavs. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was tough scenes. I, I would be losing full of house him because of the way their year's gone, and like that happens for a year. It's like, man, can I can I catch a break? Like I'm popping off here. Mm-hmm. Um, you ready to dive into predictions though? We spent enough time on news and everything like that. Yeah. All right, let's yes. jump into predictions. Uh, I'm excited to get into them. We from our standings from last week, close week. You picking LAG and putting four points on it uh, screwed you over once again. Um, but you finished the week with four points. I got five. So very tight race. And if you guys out there listening don't know Brock has to has to beat me in this stage to stay alive because I'm up two one. I won major one and two predictions and he won major three. So um, Brock's got to beat me in this one to force that game five going into major five and I'm up five to four. So that means Brock has the veto right. If you don't know how we do our scoring, you pick the team. Um, and then either put one or two points on it. So if we put two points on it and get it right, we get two points. If we get it wrong, we lose two points. So kind of a little wager system there. And then we can each put four points on one series for the weekend. And if we get the map count right, we get a bonus point for that series. So pretty simple scoring, but I'm um, up one and let's dive into predictions. Day one, Boston versus London. Should we speed run this prediction? I don't think you're picking London and I'm not either. I uh, one,
0: Boston, two points. Yeah. Down the one.
1: Yeah, you're putting, putting two points on a Boston 3-1, you said. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna just uh, change it up and try to get a map count on you. I'm going Boston 3-0. I was initially thinking, I'm putting two points on it as well. Boston 3-0. I was originally actually thinking about giving them a map because I was like, Boston will let out the gas. London will find a way. I think London would find a way to maybe win a map one or a map three. I like Boston and search over them pretty easily, but maybe London wins a respawn because they're embarrassed with their last performance, but also they could just be completely chalked and be like, yeah, we're out of champs. Anyways, we suck. Like (laughs) could be checked, but you never know. Cause at the same time, pretty much, I would think Asim probably is going to get a shot on another team regardless. But like guys like scraps, Yuli, um, even nasty, like they might be fighting for their CDL life. So they're they're Mm -hmm. not just going to roll over and die here. Yeah. Uh, then we got Florida versus Seattle. Battle of the the ocean, the aquatic teams. Um, you think Florida can pull this out? They played phase very tight. They didn't look bad against Minnesota. They like they've they've been playing teams better. They they beat uh Atlanta in a search, which was shocking. <laughs> and it was on embassy where they hadn't lost, I'm pretty sure.
0: Yeah, I, I think you're right. Yeah. It was like the ten win streak where it was. They're trying to know that map before that. Yeah. Um, I'll take Seattle three to one. I'll put two points.
1: Yeah. All that to say... um, They get one. All that to say that you're still picking Seattle. Uh 3-1 picking, and two points. Lamar, yeah. Lamar and Craig. See if Lamar keeps up this good stage he's had so far. Two games, 1.05 and a 1.11 he had. I'm going to agree with you. You all know there's a couple teams that I seem to always pick, and Seattle's one of them. I'm going to say a 3-2, though. I'm also going to put two points on it. Um... I'm going to say a 3-2 goes in favor of Seattle because I like that Seattle team a lot. I like the Florida team as well. I do think they're a scrappy team that will pretty much play every series competitively, but it's tough to say that um, they're just going to go out there and um, beat Seattle because I do also have a ton of faith in Seattle. I also just realized looking at this, I might want to go back and put four points on Boston on that first series looking forward because... It's maybe the series I'm most confident in. So unless you're vetoing it and you're gonna choose Boston for four mm. points in no, you can't. um this series, because it's the only series, I'm gonna put it on there. I'm going back in time. I'm putting four points on Boston over London in a 3-0. It's
0: definitely a valid one right there.
1: I just most it's honestly more because I have less faith in London than having like crazy faith in Boston. But then I was looking forward, like there's maybe a match or two I thought about putting it on, but I don't feel crazy confident in like any of the matches we have left after this. I feel like I, I'm pretty good, but not as confident as I'd feel in Boston over London. Mm-hmm. Um, then we got last match of the day. NYSL versus Minnesota. Can Minnesota continue their land momentum online, you think? Or will New
0: York shut them down? Um, Only match of the week, too. But... Yeah, only match for for Minnesota. I, th- I think they'll lose in a 3-2 game five. You think Minnesota the, will lose? Yeah. So NYSL. I've put one oh, okay. point on it. Okay.
1: We might be um did you say 3-2. Uh yeah, 3-2.
0: Okay.
1: We might be in sync for day one. Um I feel like it was pretty hard to pick um London or Florida in either of the first stages. That's not surprising, but like I want to see a little bit more out of Minnesota now that they're playing a top team. I'm also gonna pick NYSL. Um, I think I'm going to go 3-2, though, to be a little different, maybe a little different map comp than you. I'm only going to put one on this as well. Staying pretty in sync with you here, but I just do think it's it's tough to pick Minnesota over a team like NYSL that has been shaky yeah. as well recently, but they just took out Phase and Minnesota just beat two pretty bad teams. So I want to see a little bit more before I start picking them against teams like NYSL that I believe are potentially some of our top teams. Yep. Then we move on to Saturday got London, Royal Ravens versus Vegas. I also forgot to mention some of these should be bounty matches. Yeah, so um, all the matches on Friday is this am I looking at the right thing here? If I'm looking at this right. All the matches on Friday are bounty matches. Okay. So also, that'll be a little extra juice for the players to play for something, you know, they each get an extra 2,500 in prize winnings if they win and then it looks like one match on Saturday and one. So actually, no. So it looks like, yeah, all the Friday matches are bounties. Then the phase Toronto on Saturday is a bounty match. Vegas LAG is a bounty match on Sunday and thieves. Optic is also a bounty match. So we've got, I mean, 60 K on the line in in bounty matches this weekend.
0: Yeah. I would have thought that the LAG there. versus LAT would be a bounty match. Yeah. We, I
1: got something to say when we get to that. Um, but let's start with the first match, London versus Vegas. You you picking
0: London to get the upset, or are you picking Vegas to take them out? Vegas, TJ Haley are you going to go crazy again? 3-0, I put my four points on Vegas. I Actually,
1: as weird as this sounds, I actually did see this match, and I'm like, that's one of the ones you could put it on, Um, because you, you've got to feel pretty confident. Uh, I don't hate the pick at all. I think it's a pretty good one. It's one of the better matches for the weekend to put four on. Um, I mm-hmm. actually am going to disagree with the map count, for mostly purposes of trying to gain some points on you. But I think 3-1, I think it's just so hard to pick Vegas in a 3-0. I feel like they're going to fumble the control again, maybe. Um, these are two bad control teams going at it. Um, yeah, But I feel like they might fumble the control and then we see London steal a map from them, whether it's that control or not. I think London finds a way to just get one. Um, I'm only going to put, actually, I'll put two points on it. I'll put two points on Vegas in a 3-1 over London. Then we get to the Battle of L.A., which, if we're going by statistics, if I'm reading correctly what I read this week, I think L.A.T. still has yet to beat L.A.G. ever. It's so a CDL match, <laughs> I don't think Thieves have ever beat L.A.G., so the Battle for L.A. is really not even a battle at this point. It's really not a battle until um, both teams have won a match.
0: Yeah. Man, so I as of right now,
1: what... your L.A.G. boys own them. It's so weird how they
0: just, like, keep, they just beat them with their bad teams against LAT.
1: That's what I was going to say, too, because, like, at no point in the CDL really has LAG, like, ever been better than LAT, except they're one peak at a single major. hmm Like, yeah. in MW, they were, like, one of the worst teams, and then I guess, like, technically Thieves weren't in, but if you want to consider that OGLA team, Thieves, because it's kind of like the same org following that path, like, if you want to discount that, either way, still, um... OGLA was better than LAG and MW then go to Cold War where they come in thieves wasn't the greatest but LAG was like the worst team in the league yeah and then go to Vanguard obviously LAT early on wasn't the greatest um ended up being the best team in the game at the end and LAG really was only good for one major and even before that major and after that major they sucked one weekend near cold yeah literally one weekend they were good and LAT was okay in the beginning and then obviously like the best team in the game at the end and then this year, same thing. LAG has been pretty poor. One of the worst teams in the league and thieves have been, you know, not the best, but they made it to a final and thieves have been like a consistent top six team all year. Yeah. thieves have always been better. Literally, except for one weekend. thieves have always been better. Um, you think they finally get the first win or are you just going to say, screw it. I'm picking my boys. LAG. They've never lost. They're not going to do it now. LAG, baby. <laughs> you're you're going to lose some more points on LAG.
0: No, we're gonna win uh, 3-1. three points. one.
1: I'll play two points and two points. All right, I'll yep. take my free four <laughs> point swing here. I will take LAT to beat LAG. I was gonna say three two because you know it's close always, or it's I mean LAG always wins. So I got to give him at least two maps to keep it close. But screw it, LAT is so much better than this team right now. Putting two points on and LAT three zero over LAG.
0: Yeah. But, you know, that's what LAT kind of does sometimes, you know? Just kind
1: of wake up one day, don't feel it, lose. <laughs> You're not wrong. You're not wrong. They just randomly wake up one day, and they're just like, hey, I don't feel like playing today, and they get destroyed by a team they shouldn't get destroyed by. But they're finally going to get their first win against LAG here. Here it comes. Um, I can't believe it's still to the point where they're looking for their first win against them, but here we are. Um, and I'm taking LAT in a 3-0. Then we got NYSL versus Optic. Really, from here on out... Um, The matches get, like, incredible for the weekend. NYSL versus Optics is a fantastic match. Atlanta versus Toronto is an incredible match. Then going into Sunday, Vegas versus LAG is interesting just because of the the champs implications. Like, Vegas needs all these wins, and Vegas could potentially be locking up a winner's bracket spot. Only three matches into the stage, which is, like, unheard of for Vegas be their first ever, you know, winner's bracket spot. Then we get Toronto versus Florida. Interesting one because of Toronto's struggles. Can they bounce back? If they're potentially 0-3 after losing to FaZe. And then, I mean, Thieves-Optic. Maybe the most marquee match in the CDL. It's a, it's a great weekend, really, from halfway through Saturday on.
0: Yeah. This is a tough matchup. Yeah. 3-2 to OpTic, Texas. One point.
1: I'm on the save you, like, everything also going to put one point on it i'm also going optic three two Two um, good
0: teams it's gonna be a good
1: match <laughs> two very good teams but I, I feel a little bit better about optics form right now i think like like i get that nysl just took out phase it wasn't a game five round 11 and they're just two good teams squaring up obviously mm-hmm. optic like we said can't take too much from their last match because i mean it was against london who we all know is not the best team but i don't know i there's something i like about optics form right now i think they're a really, really good team and they're hitting form where I think more ever since that run that optic made, you know, they're hitting form at the yep. major where I think New York is still trying to find it. And I think they're back maybe on the right track after beating phase, but I'm still not sure. Whereas I think optic is taking all the strides in the right direction. So I like optic, but I'm going three, two and only one point as well, because I'm not super confident in optic over New York. Yeah. <clears throat> then we got a great matchup. This one is a bounty match. Extra $10,000 on the line, Atlanta versus Toronto. Um, Toronto got their first win over FaZe at the major. Um, that was Toronto's first win over FaZe in a very long time. I believe their first win on LAN against them ever, the CDL. Jeez. So um, they ended that streak. You think they can continue it? It's This is a must-win game for Toronto. I mean, their chances at winner's bracket probably reside partially in other people's hands if they lose this one because... They'd be zero and three, obviously two and three. You can still make winners' bracket a few teams as you do, but it requires like map counts to go your way and everything. Yeah, um, which thankfully for them, uh, they you go map five in their other two series, so that will benefit them that they have four map wins in our zero and two, mm-hmm. the maximum amount of wins you can have. But think they prove to one and two and keep their hopes more alive, or do you think they drop to zero and three?
0: I, I just like I don't see them going zero and three, but I really don't see FaZe losing two like this early. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's it's a, it's a conundrum here because FaZe would also drop to 1-2 and two if they lost this.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll go Toronto, 3-2. to two. Nice little 3-2, game 5, round 11. Cheese.
1: Another game point. 5, round 11, FaZe losing. Yeah, I'll put one point. I'm Simps- going in the opposite direction of you. <laughs> that's, that's fair enough. I think Atlanta's going to win 3-0. And I'm putting two points on it. I think Atlanta are going to put... Toronto into a spiral of questioning themselves. How many times have we seen it where a team, you know, wins a major and comes out and kind of sucks um in the next stage. I think Toronto might be in that uh that boat. I think they could get back on track. I think they could win this series. I mean, it's two very good teams. You never know what could happen. Mm. I wouldn't be surprised if Toronto 3-0s them. But I think Atlanta's going to come out they know that they want to win this. I think they're going to want to get a little revenge. I think they want to kind of establish themselves as the big dog in the league again and they got to get back to to beating these other top teams and I think they're going to come out. I think they're going to smack them in the mouth um, with like a comeback. That's what I'm thinking in the map one. I'm thinking like, I don't know what map they're going to play. I'm thinking like Toronto's up like 190 to 140. Not a crazy comeback, but I think Toronto's up like a full 60, basically like 190 to 140. They're up. I think FaZe holds like a full 60 and then like rolls them and ends up beating them like 250 to 200. Like basically a 100 to 10 run. Wins map one. Really specific prediction there. And then I think they beat them in a close map too, and then they destroy them in a control. And they 3-0. Now watch, everything will probably happen opposite of that in Toronto, 3-0 <laughs> or something, but going to say Atlanta 3-0, just because just I have a feeling Atlanta's going to come out different that series.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> Very possible though.
1: Yeah, I mean anything is possible in that series. I could literally see either team winning by any map count because it's essentially maybe our top two teams you could make an
0: argument for. Yeah. Alright, we got <laughs> Florida, that Toronto. Way. Major. Yeah, that's also um, true.
1: Florida versus Toronto. Who cool. oh sorry. I skipped the match here. LAG, Vegas but... versus LAG. Um your boys LAG versus your other boys, Vegas. This is a this is a little little war for you going on. Uh, draw? Yeah. <laughs> predict the draw.
0: They just keep um, lagging off the
1: servers and can't play.
0: You never know what that one called D, but um I'll pick. I'll pick. Uh, Vegas. TJ uh-huh. again. Um, what do I want to give him? Three to one. Yep. will take the control? LAG will. Then yeah. Put the all they get. Three two. I mean yeah, yeah, three one. Point. Three one. One point.
1: I'm doing the same thing as you, but I'm gonna put two points on it. I thought okay. the exact same thing. I have the exact same read on the series. I think it's a three one with LAG taking the control. I'm going to put two points on it. I, I That was my exact thoughts. Took the words out of my mouth. I think exact same thing. I think I can see a world where LAG takes hard points because they do have players that can pop off. The most odd sub matchup, but I can't believe I'm saying it, but like I can't wait to watch Standy and TJ versus Joe Deceives and Exceed. Like I think that LAG sub duo is really good. Um, yeah. They just have an awkward fit with their two ARs. and I think that the Vegas sub duo is really good. And their AR duo fits better. So I, that's why I like Vegas. But it's an interesting matchup that you wouldn't think would be interesting. But it's, it is very interesting. Um, that's kind of the story of the second match on Sunday, in my opinion, as well. Toronto versus Florida is a match that shouldn't be interesting. Because Toronto's are defending champs. And they should absolutely roll through Florida. But this match is very intriguing. Because Florida keeps things close. And Toronto is struggling. And if our prediction, or if my prediction comes true, at least, Toronto's 0-3 desperation mode um florida's also zero and three coming into this match if my prediction holds true desperation mode so <laughs> one team is having their winner's bracket chances crushed In the way my predictions are going so you like toronto to squeak this out or is florida gonna surprise us and pull off a little upset here that's i think it's certainly possible i think florida could win
0: i will i will do toronto to benefit without doubt but a three to two close close as series I'll put two points. Okay. I mean, we're kind of on the same
1: page on a lot of these matches today, because I was thinking the same thing. (laughs) I was thinking Florida keeps it really close, but Toronto overall is just a better team. They edge them out in the end. Yep. I'm going to put two points on it as well. I mean, that that makes what is that? Both series on Sunday so far were the same, including map count. Then same with that one series on Saturday, one series on Friday. So that's four series where the exact same. It's going to be a come down to our, like our four point match. Um, and then like the battle of LA and the Atlanta Toronto series. Like we got a lot of the same predictions, but I feel like a lot of the predictions this week are like a a hot team playing a cold team or a good team playing a bad team. Yeah. Um, So it's like, it's hard to predict against it, but here's one where we could definitely split. Either team could be picked. These teams are almost on the same level. You could argue we're very close to it and you could easily go either way. A wager match, extra money on the line. L.A. Thieves versus Optic Texas, arguably the marquee match of the C.D.L. Just due to you know it's Shot versus Optic, it's Hundred Thieves versus Optic, two of the most yeah. popular orgs. Where are you going with this one? I think it's going to be a, a tight
0: series. Three two, L.A.T. I'll put two points. Okay, I mean I hope, I'm hoping it goes to round eleven too. Game five, round eleven.
1: Yeah, and I I mean I could be completely lying here, but. I will say since since 100, if you count 100 Thieves, BO4, where I know they had optics number, and then you skip MW where they weren't in, and then you go Cold War Vanguard, um, MW2 included. I feel like Thieves overall has definitely won that's like that head to head series versus Optic. Yeah, I don't have the exact stats in front of me, but like just off a gut feeling, would you agree? I think Thieves has won more times than Optic has in that series.
0: Yeah. Only time really, te- te- Texas has had um, the Thieves. Number was like early vanguard, like the first couple. Yeah,
1: early vanguard when Optic was like the best team, and Thieves was only okay.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I'm gonna see like if I can find like on, like the CDL news thing. Um, I'm gonna pick Optic three two, and put two on it just to go opposite of you. We each put two on it. That'll help us get a little bit of a swing. And I do mm-hmm. think Optic's gonna win this. Um, because I just feel better about them as a team right now. But man, Thieves is also look incredible in that first week. So. This was has potential to be like the best matchup of the weekend, and I'm really hoping um, that it pans out to be, and I agree, I hope it goes Game 5, Round 11, like I basically hope every series does. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm taking Optic in a, in a 3-2 fashion, putting two points on it.
0: That'll be a good one to watch. Oh. If you want to watch that, if you want to watch Call of Duty's, we can watch the last one.
1: <laughs> yeah. 100%. I'm trying
0: to find the all-time optic texas like schedule i'm trying to find like their their all-time
1: match record versus la thieves but i don't know if i can find it here i don't, I don't know if there's like a cod stat muse or anything um oh the first thing i saw was that winners round the first thing that popped up was the winners round two from vanguard where thieves absolutely body slammed them that was like one of the biggest blowout series i've ever seen in a champs
0: yeah uh, yeah i, I do I, I, saw, I just saw a tweet from a CDL scrim, Scrimtel. It said, Vivid has been benched by the Boston Breach for five minutes ago. Why? What? Unless that dude's trolling, but I don't know. Huh? huh? I don't know. <laughs> I just saw that. Well, I got to go on Twitter
1: quick before we end the podcast here. I, I just gassed him up. I got to be pissed at this, naturally, because I just said that he's going to be one of my favorite players now.
0: Alex like makes no sense, though. He's playing better. Breaking playing better. Point
1: also tweeted, Vivid has announced that he's a restricted free agent. Breach will likely start Kremp from the academy team. Huh. Vivid has been benched. I, I As a Wisconsinite, learning that Vivid is potentially maybe from Wisconsin, I don't know. Um, I gotta be pissed. Um, yeah, my new gimmick because I'm a huge Vivid fan because he's a Wisconsinite and the only Wisconsinite I know in the CDL, but this is just like a basically a live raw reaction. We haven't seen any reason why, but he just had an incredible series against. What did they play last Toronto? No. Three, two. Who was it? I think, why can't I think of it. I just my my brain's all jumbled now because I'm just so shocked. Um, Give me one minute.
0: Wasn't good Yeah. Team? Surge. No, not Surge. Toronto. No, Toronto.
1: It was Toronto. So they. They lost to Vegas. They took out Toronto, and I believe Vivid at like a 1.11. He played very well in the series. He was applying the pace, had a ton of engagements. He gets benched. He's restricted free agent. so he's obviously still under contract. Um Kremp, first of all, Kremp is an incredible player. Both you and I, I think, are higher on him than almost Uh, anybody. That that dude is he's from when we watched Doug and the challenger scene, Kremp's always going off. (laughs) Yeah, he is an incredible player. Like every time we watched him. Every map he popped off. Um, from what I remember, he played... I, I was thinking of the wrong person. He also played the CCL, and I always have a bias because I worked with and for the CCL for a number of years while I was in college. I mean, even after college, so I have incredible bias towards CCL players, but I mean, this move is shocking. Like, earlier in the year, we were... I mean, we also did kind of call this. Shout out to... Um, I think you all said it, but I know I for sure said it. I did say... Um, I did say that Vivid was on the hot seat coming into this. Um, this stage because yeah. he was struggling, but he definitely was playing the best we've seen him in a while,
0: yeah. Uh, especially last match, he had the highest KD, highest engagements,
1: played yeah. well, and
0: you're like, no, nah, we're, we're gonna go crimp now, yeah. I, this is just, I'm, I'm just
1: shocked. I, I, obviously, we're probably not gonna get the the reasoning, um, on or here. It's a
0: pack-a-punch, though, for them at least.
1: Yeah, they have to be. Um, And Vivid is a restricted free agent, so he's still under contract, so maybe they test it and, you know, maybe things don't exactly work out and they bring him back. But, like, yes, Grim Intel just tweeted that Seattle-slash-Rocker should be looking into Vivid right at the second. I highly doubt Seattle's going to look into it because they've been basically unwilling to make changes. I don't know why they would make a change now. I I get the idea behind it, though, have Vivid really be your super aggressive player and try to make like your own version of Simpet Abizy. Vivid plays the Abisi role and just goes, goes, goes and um Pred can just run behind him and get all the kills. Mm-hmm. I get the idea, but if they've been unwilling to make a change um and pick up like basically anybody, I don't see why they would, you know, yeah, percent make a change and pick up Vivid that well I can see the um the reason why people would think it would make sense it just I don't think they'll do it um, in terms of who the team I just mentioned that he said uh, he said Rocker I yeah. I don't know why they would they just made a change and went 2-0 and I don't think that'll happen
0: yeah I doubt they're
1: gonna drop anyone around anyone yeah but I'm, I'm very interested because Vivid's a very good player and that is
0: just really odd yeah, I would have said maybe London if it wasn't this late.
1: Yeah, maybe, but yeah, I don't know why he would. He probably won't want to go to London. Yeah. Why would he? <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Sucks for Vivid though. Um, a team that's looking very good. This is this is a risk, but you know, if they think they're pack punching, you got to respect. I always, well, I will say, you got to always respect. Um, mm-hmm. Got to respect the team trying to pack punching. You know make a move to get to the top when they feel like there's one out there to be made. But yeah, that's a, that's a shocking development that we didn't have planned to talk about because we didn't know it was gonna happen until, you know, right now. Yeah.
0: Maybe they think Kremp's the guy's gonna take over the top against the the be- the better teams now. Yeah, you I mean you can't argue against that. Um
1: yeah. Yeah Boston officially tweeted it. So yeah it's it's official. After He's- an accomplished run with Boston Academy, we are thrilled to promote Kremp to the breach starting roster ahead of our match with London um another one of doug's teammates makes it Yo. to the league um doug is that guy <laughs> yeah it's official happened near live on the podcast one of the first times we ever seen like a um a big move happen like this while we're we're talking about it so yeah all of a sudden that's going to be thrown in the title if you're listening to this point that's going to be thrown in the title we're going to talk about it at the end um well yeah shocking um got to respect the move to try to pack a bunch but vivid feel bad for the dude. The team was finally making a run. It was probably the best team he's been on in his career at this point. Besides, I guess you could argue maybe Mm -hmm. that Empire team. I kind of forget he was on there for a second. Yeah, maybe Um, that team, but other than that. Yeah, but this is a very good team, so that's tough. Um, That's about all I got, though, if you're ready to close this one out. Yeah, I
0: got nothing else. I just saw that tweet like, wait a minute.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Um, That's going to do it for this one, though. If you guys enjoy this one, be sure to leave a like, comment, and subscribe on YouTube. Help us get to 1,000 subs before the end of the year. That is the goal, and we'll remain the goal until hopefully we can hit it um, before the end of the year. So we appreciate all your guys' support. Drop that comment down below. We want to hear your thoughts on everything we discussed, matches, predictions, this vivid move that randomly happened at the end here. Um, If you're on the audio platforms, drop a follow, drop a five-star review on there. We've still been seeing some pretty great momentum on Spotify um, and everything. Got a new ad over there on Spotify for the new program that they're doing. So go listen to me and uh, my ad read. Tell me that I'm a good ad reader, better than Zinny. He's kind of he's kind of the guy everybody talks about. Um, <laughs> go up there, guess guess up my ad reading skills. Go listen to the ad. Um, but yeah, that's gonna do it for this one. Hope you guys enjoyed, and we will see you next week with more reactions and more predictions um, from the CDL Week Two of Major Four. So thank you guys so much for watching, and we will see you in the next one.